Let's test and record. Test and record. Testing and recording. Testing and recording. Ow now, brown cow. Ow now, brown cow. Isn't it how now? Oh, I don't know. Not how. Not, not, ow! Now, brown cow. Ow now! Brown cow! Brown cow! Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining Lainey's NPR. We have our first guest, Ashley Jabora. Hey. <laughs> that went like way like, like sexier than I was intending. <laughs> I was going for NPR, but this is why Ashley usually says hello first. So, Ashley, how's your day today? This thirsty Thursday. Okay, I didn't know it was Thirsty Thursday. Um, It was a good day. Productive, busy at work. I wish the weather was a little bit cooler. I think it was like 82 degrees today. It's a little toasty. Is it better than 110? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm just going to jump right into this. Um, We have talked about a few stories along the way here regarding the Ed and Lorraine Warren. Not the Ed. Well, yeah, the The Ed 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 and Lorraine Warren. Um, and also stories that you've all heard of. So I'm not sure. If, to me, I have never actually seen the movie that the story is about. I didn't know that until I started researching. I was like, wow, this movie came out uh, when I was graduating high school. And I I would remember it if it was like a, a still a long time ago. But I, I was I like, wish I remembered it. I, I do remember seeing it, but it makes me think if I it didn't make like a huge impression on me that I, I felt like maybe it was on the slower side. Maybe so. Um, and we haven't mentioned it yet, but I we're going to be talking about it. You guys are probably familiar, as I was mentioning. You know, I was a little surprised I didn't know the story, nor had I seen the movie. When I watched the movie trailer, I was like, this looks, sounds familiar. Definitely heard of it. Um, but we are going to 28281. <laughs> <laughs> That's our Houston, Houston area code. Area code. <laughs> Uh, We're going to 208 Meridian Avenue in Southington, Connecticut, the home of the Snedeker family and inspiration to the movie A Haunting in Connecticut. Connecticut. Connect the cuts, connect the cuts, connect the cuts. What is that from? Not that movie. But it was, no, I know. It, I, I remember, I think I brought it up before, actually. It's printed in my brain. It was from another horror movie I have yet to look up, but that was part of their original trailer. It like goes dark and all you hear is connect the cuts, connect the cuts, connect the cuts. I'm gonna have to find that out. So can't remember that movie either, but it haunted me in, in that way. So we're going back to not too long ago. This is a year before Ashley was born, which again, this just shocks me that this is all feels new to me. Um, so back in 1986, the Snedeker family were just like any other middle-class American family. It uh, was made up of Carmen and Alan Snedeker and their four children, Philip, Bradley, Alan Jr., and Jennifer. And Carmen's niece, Tammy, also lived with the family. At a very young age, Philip was diagnosed with 
Hodgkin's lymphoma, a type of cancer that affects the body's lymphatic system. And this just bummed me out big time. Uh, they, they were driving hours to go to the hospital to get treatment for Philip, and then getting that treatment, then driving hours back home. So just very stressful life driving that long distance. And I really can't imagine how Philip felt, um, you know, getting any kind of treatment for cancer mm-hmm. and then having to sit in a car for hours. Like, no, that's horrible. I can't even do it when I don't feel well. Like that time we left from our sister trip and I had just a really bad period. And I was really upset. Like, it was something like that was actually we were important. All really upset about that. But, yeah, <laughs> something important and life threatening. Like, I just can't imagine uh, where your brain goes in that car for so long. But anyway, so the parents decided to try to look for something closer after making that journey back and forth, back and forth. And that reminded me of that book. Yes, I was just thinking <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> What? I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always as long as you're living, my baby will be. As long as I'm living. Oh. As, as soon as you're dead, you're not, you're dead to me, literally. As long as I'm God. living, my baby will be. Oh my gosh. Classic. Oh yeah. So they decided to look for something closer to the medical center, and that's when they stumbled upon the too-good-to-be-true house on Meridian Avenue. The five-bedroom, two-bedroom home seemed like a perfect fit and was large enough for them to move in with their children and a niece. Oh, did we even say that Connect the Cuts is from The Devil Inside? No. Okay. Connect the Cuts is from The Devil Inside, which now that I looked it up, I don't think I ever saw that movie. Um, I, I think I saw the previews and that's why I remembered it, but I don't like movies. Yeah, that's movies. like burned in my brain. Yeah, I don't like movies. Where the devil's inside you? Definitely not. No, I yeah, I don't like the ones that are like too religious and stuff because it, it just feels a little too Yeah, there was a newer real. one on I came across and I was like, this looks so scary, but it's about priests, I think, in Mexico that and they get... Um, why is the word failing me? Uh, Exorcisms? Exercised. A demon takes their body. Possessed. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what is the word? The way you're moving your arms was not coinciding <laughs> with the just word. flying away. <laughs> yeah, I was not picking that up. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh, no, that's too much for me. Can't. Anyways, so supposedly when they looked at this house at first before signing the lease, the basement door was blocked by renovation equipment. So they never looked down into the basement. They just saw five bedrooms, two bedroom, cheap ass rent. This is perfect. Close to the How med center. Gonna Let's go. Move into. Oh, I get it. I mean, I guess location wise, it just worked out for exactly what they needed it for. But I can't imagine moving into a house and not having looked at that the whole thing like attic basement is there any uh, potato shed we need to investigate is there a potato shed yes like yeah like look in the garage it's funny because like when i walk buyers around there's times where they're just like no garage is a garage it's fine i'm like i'm gonna go look in it like make sure there's nothing weird i guess but yeah some people just really don't care yeah for real and uh, it shocks me because there's five kids with them so like Mm. that should make you care more but whatever is this basement a good place for my kids to play or is it a lock it up situation yeah so the oldest snedeker children philip and bradley they wanted a private space of their own you know they're grown boys and the rooms upstairs were you know those really small rooms that older houses are so they wanted the basement and upon doing the conversion that's when al discovered mortuary equipment in the basement and it included coffin handles what chain and pulley casket lift handles <laughs> yeah like the you know those big metal handles on co- like pieces of oh, a coffin oh okay okay yeah i didn't know if you meant like door handles no. like nothing spooky <laughs> about that 
Not at all. No, coffin handles and a chain and pulley casket lift, you know, as all cozy homes do. Uh, It also had a blood drainage pit, which that's what I'd be like, no, no. What? Okay. Okay. Why? I think I'm picking up what you're putting down right now. Yeah. So it turned out that the house had served as a funeral home for many decades previously. In addition... I cannot imagine living... I know that was so common and... Lainey and I just did a, a ghost tour and one of the haunted houses was a funeral home. Yeah. And I just, and, and, but most people lived in the funeral home and like my girl, I know Veda, Veda Sultanpuss. Oh God. <laughs> that sounded so weird. Um, Isn't that her last name? I don't remember her Do last know? name being Sultanpuss. I think it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to look it up now. You're making me like look around like anybody. No one else in here to <laughs> say, yelp. Casey had a huge crush on her growing up. Yeah. So it's funny because she's like a main character on Veep and her character is like super, super uptight and like bulging eyeballs and like shaky. So it's just funny because I'm always like, oh, look at that. That's cute. Could have had her. Could have had her. She is. She's pretty. Like she's, she is cute. But anyway, sorry, that was off topic. But yeah, that does, when you said that, that did remind me of my girl. Yeah. So in addition to mortuary equipment, the Snedekers also found images of the deceased on the property. I know. Just sitting there. Right? I don't know things. Unless I knew them, I don't want to see photos of dead people They're when they were alive yeah. in my home. It's just, no. Yeah, like the others, there were pictures. On the others, did they have like coins on their eyes? Or is that not that movie? I don't think it's that movie. Okay, but there was um, something. Yeah, that's a rewatcher this year. I haven't watched that in a couple years. I haven't watched that in like at least 10. That's a good one. All right, oh, watching yeah. the others. Ooh. So according to the Chasing Frog, Carmen Snedeker said that there were a couple photos in the home, uh, but there were many toe tags and head tags, and there were other personal items of the deceased. Okay, I don't know what a head tag is. I don't either, but I can assume it's... The same as a toe tag. Maybe it's just around the neck. I don't know. Okay. Go and look it up because I need to see what that looks like. (laughs) Feels like that would have been called a neck tag or something like that. But okay. I don't know. Maybe they get both. And I just, maybe that's where all the info is on it. Not just the little Jane Doe tag on the toe. But this will really creep you out a little bit. So Philip and Bradley reportedly slept in the casket display room that was down the hall from the embalming room. So this is kind of how big that basement is. Like it did have separate room areas where I imagine they would guide people down to pick out their casket for their loved ones. Um, you know, the, the place you let people come through when you're mm-hmm. dealing with the tragedy of someone dying. Yeah. And then separate is where, you know, they do the embalming and, you know, probably autopsies and, you know, all that stuff. I would definitely have my reservations staying even, like... FYI, I don't think they do autopsies there. Oh, you know, you're right. I think they do that at, like, police... Yeah, like, there's a whole separate place for that. But, yeah, the the funeral home just, like, preps it for for just the funeral. You're definitely right. Sorry, it's not a field I went into or cared to go into, but you are correct. Anyway, so I would definitely be freaking out, finding that out, even after the fact. I tried to see if I could get out of my lease. But uh, they didn't think too much of the home's past. They decided to stay, continue flipping the basement for their sons to sleep in, disregarding that all so many dead bodies have been carted in there over the previous few years. So from the first night sleeping there, Philip complained of hearing strange voices and very ominous sounds. Well, done. I'd be done. That would be the end of the story for me. I heard weird voices and I left. (laughs) Yes, exactly. He described seeing shadow figures, a man with a pinstripe suit with white hair, 
skulking Beetle? in that the dark. That sounds like Beetlejuice. Like when you said that, right. I thought Beetlejuice. That it's really scary, isn't it? When did Be- Beetlejuice come out? Uh, that was the eighties. Is this is eighty six? I wonder if he. What? Yeah, I feel like I'm looking up a lot, but I'm gonna look this up. That's fine. You know me. I'm, I'm try to get to the like the the juice of the story, but I I, I could be a better researcher for 88. sure. Eighty eight. So yeah, that happened before Beetlejuice. Mm, maybe that was the uh, inspo for but Beetlejuice. Yeah, is no. that not the image you think of? Oh, for sure. I can't wait for the new Beetlejuice to come out. Yeah. But apparently this Beetlejuice was staring at him as he slept, and he would wake up to see that little crazy man. Um, No, I'm good. I know. Uh, He supposedly became so terrified of his room that he begged to be allowed to stay at the hospital, which is really sad because no kid getting treatment wants to be there. No. Um, Despite him trying to tell his parents that all of these claims are true, they quickly dismissed it because they suspected possible hallucinations as a side effect to the cobalt treatment that he was receiving because of his illness. Okay. So then later, after having been in the basement a while, sorry, Ashley keeps knocking into stuff. I keep punching this, this, uh, oh my God, drawer handle. Kept yeah. door handle. We did go from a longer table to a shorter one, and though we've done some remote podcasting, Ashley's only been at it by herself now. She's got her big little sister here to share the table with. She keeps running into stuff. <laughs> well, I'm sitting on my whole own side of the table, and I'm still just, like, punching this drawer. <laughs> You'll get used to it. Okay, I'm going to try and make this better for myself. Sorry. It's all good. So, after being in the basement for a while, Philip's personality is said to have changed drastically. His interest and his taste started to alter. He would wear things like leather jackets and uh, sounded like... They talked about, like, ripped tight jeans. I I think of um, the the greasers. Some, like, cool kid outfit. Oh, yeah. But he also developed a strong interest into the occult. Uh, The Snedekers really started to worry as Philip became really irritable and reckless. And then it just became cruel and abusive to his younger siblings and cousin. Oh. On one How old was he? Uh, that's a great question. So Philip was about 12 or 13 around this time. Okay. So on one occasion, Philip placed Bradley, his brother, on a gurney and spun him around until Bradley cried and begged him to stop. And he also locked his other brother in a chest and walked away. Just... Being a little jackass. The worst, which this just really makes me so sad. The worst incident came when Philip attacked his cousin, Tammy, that was staying with them. And he was consequently forced to spend 45 days at the hospital. The doctors eventually diagnosed Philip with schizophrenia after he told them about the entities he saw regularly. But they noted that the medication he was on to treat his cancer could not have given him hallucinations or triggered any dormant schizophrenic illness. So... That's interesting. Yeah. And when I go a little further, you'll know what I mean by attacked his cousin. That Well, I guess I'm just wondering, like, what doctors used in 1986 to... This was 86, right? Yeah. To, I don't know, determine that he was schizophrenic. Or was it just he was seeing things, nobody believed him, you must be schizophrenic. It sounds likely the latter... I would think. Um, I, I don't know. Again, he's on so much other medication for cancer treatment. Mm-hmm. And then when somebody's saying that they see all this stuff, I don't I don't know what other avenue they would go on. They're not going to say it's the medication that's healing him. 
Yeah. So I, I don't know. That is a great question. I would love to learn more into that. The Stedeker family decided it was best to send Philip to live with other relatives. And reportedly, Philip stopped hearing voices and seeing spirits after this. I wonder how close by these relatives were, if he was still going through cancer treatments. I imagine he still was. Um, I found out later, as in, you know, just a few minutes ago, that... <laughs> 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 Philip's cancer did return. Um, oh, gosh. Oh, no. I'm a hot mess. He died at age 38 in 2012 um, upon his cancer returning. So I am sure he was still getting treatment for a couple years after that, at least. I don't have that detailed of a description. But that um, really sucks to be undergoing that kind of harsh medical treatment, and then you have to be removed. He might not have had, like, a specific attachment to the home, but, like, you're being removed from your family. Yeah. I feel, I don't know. I mean, maybe taking him out of, that, out of that environment was the right thing. I mean, I don't know that the family dynamics, if that was the right thing to do or not. But I just can't imagine, like, one of my kids going through something like that and then not being with me. Well, I will tell you this story is one of telling you of the beginning of how they moved in and then kind of different opinions about Snedeker versus the rest of the world. So I, I'm i feeling strongly towards one way. I think we'll have a lot more to talk about. I don't... Okay. I don't know about this family, but okay, fair <laughs> we'll enough. See, I think there's always a question mark in families that Ed and Lorraine are involved in. Yes, and and I say a question mark, not definitively, but they're um, Ed and Lorraine are controversial. They are for sure. It is claimed that once Philip was out of the house, the dark forces residing within the walls started to turn their attention towards the rest of the family. Okay. That's when the other children begin to report seeing ghosts, hearing footsteps and voices. Uh, Carmen reported once having mopped the floor, only to see the water turn blood red in front of her eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that reminds me of like it. Like you're over here cleaning the bathroom and then it like regurgitates blood out of the drain. Now you got to clean up this blood. I know. You've made it worse. I was cleaning and now there's blood. Yeah. Blood is not easy to clean. Not that I've done it that many times, but. It, yeah. No. It, I've heard. Not. I've heard it's hard to clean. I've heard, hard, I've heard a lot of things about blood. You <laughs> see? Heard, oh my God. I'm bumping into everything. A smaller table is really challenging right now. Yeah. <laughs> I do like having a chair with a back though. That feels like a luxury at the moment. Yes. This is true. The couple's bed was said to have vibrated inex- inexplicably mm. uh, during a television interview carmen and al described how often the bed vibrated with sort of a heartbeat which sounds really fucking scary that is really scary Just a boom 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 heck no that's scarier to me than it vibrating yes for sure so they alleged that numerous visitors in their homes all also felt these unearthly vibrations unearthly vibrations <laughs> Uh, of the other world vibrations. I say like otherworldly. Unearthly sounds. I don't know. Not of earth. Not of earth. Otherworldly. True. Like next time I'll. Although have you I don't it. think that even describes to me what it, that vibration would feel like if but D- that didn't come from. Well, I once had my vet my bed my <laughs> bed vibrate, and it was because the jackass that lived above me had a mattress bed alarm, so I would hear this. Oh. I like the walls and like I would feel in the bed and I'd wake up at like 530 in the morning. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. I like complained about it to Liz when I was living with her. And then I finally asked the neighbor and he was like, oh yeah, like I'm gonna have you sleep or you should th- have the bed vibrate. I was like, it vibrates my whole bedroom. I mean, I'm sure like, that's for when I was in deaf retail, people, so like something later. like that would make sense. I mean, I get it. But yeah, that's so weird. I, that would just freak me out. Yeah, no, it did at first for sure. And then it pissed me off because I was in retail at the time and didn't start work till like 10 and he would wake up at like 536. Oh, 
So, <clears throat> great times. No, sir. Anyways, uh, the electrical sockets and light bulbs were described as having a, a strange glow. I wish there was a little bit more on that. Mm. Um, even when the bulbs were removed from their sockets, though, the area around where it should be would glow. Oh, well, that's... That is weird. And the worst of all, at least to me, since I have the world's greatest gag reflex, foul odors of rotten meat and human feces plagued the household. Mm -mm. That is a disgusting (laughs) thing. You're like talk gagging. (laughs) (laughs) Rotten meat. No, that, that is horrible. And I don't understand why certain entities have to be accompanied with a disgusting, horrible smell. But I guess they want you to know that, you know, they're around. Can't you just smell like bacon if you're going to choose a meat smell? Like, smell good. Smell like a nice steak. I guess you're not supposed to want the entity around. Well, we've talked about many ghosts that have floral, beautiful perfumes and fragrances. Well, and I think maybe that indicates like a sinister ghost, though, because it reeks. Well, sinister ghosts, please try to consider smelling of nice succulent bacon or... Stay cooked at medium. But if it's if it's the way I smell it as evil, at least, I think it helps identify it as evil rather than like a ghost. Somebody's cooking bacon. <laughs> Gotta oh. get that bacon. <laughs> what the heck are you talking about? Because they said I wanted them to smell like bacon. Oh. Yeah, but then like I could accompany like bacon with like mom. True. Like there's, there is a positive association with bacon. I, mean, I don't need some evil entity me. smelling like a positive association and then ruining bacon for me. <laughs> True. Well, still, poop and rotten meat is just kind of, I mean, something that is, less it, gross. It's an unfortunate... Like, vomit yeah. smells gross. Like, the vomit I could handle. Okay. Rotten eggs, like, and I still think it's disgusting, but it's not like rotten meat. That's true. The rotten eggs is, is yeah, more tolerable. It's not like farts, ghosts, and demons. Just be a bunch of farts. That's fine. Okay. <laughs> I can't, I can't gross, think but... of anything even more, like, disgusting, because it's starting to get really gross, so... <laughs> Yeah, totally. Uh, well, they're evil. I feel like that's how they're associated. No, I 100% Eat as evil. get it. Yes. Yeah. So the haunting supposedly continued for a couple more years. They did consider the situation very strange, but not too serious. Instead, and until things started to escalate and become violent. Uh, Carmen reported to the Huffington Post as having described a particularly terrifying incident. Uh, The shower curtain, this is me quoting her, the shower curtain very quickly wrapped around me and I couldn't push away. According to the article, her only thought was that this thing was trying to kill her. And that actually is in the uh, movie trailer to the movie when it shows the shower curtain like wrapping around her body like it's trying to suffocate her. So that'd be pretty scary. That is terrifying. It's like a psycho scene without the the psycho you're just getting wrapped up in it yeah i already don't like things like touching around my neck so yeah glad i don't have a shower curtain for well i do and a tiny ass shower so that thing's always touching (laughs) (laughs) i never shave my legs so i'm like (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious Uh, okay, so this ne- next part uh, really does freak me out, and I do suggest listener discretion advised, because uh, it is not pleasant. Uh, their niece had claimed to felt disembodied hand touch her in a very sexual manner. Boop. She even alleged that an unearthly presence had raped her, <gasps> and described how the entity laughed a hideous laugh oh, no. when it went above her shirt and flew out the window. Oh, wait. The ent- I'm sorry, the like entity? Came out, yeah, like came out from under her clothes after this. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's terrifying. And mind you, she's younger than Philip. It, d- it does, does say a few years have passed, so she could be between 12 and 15. Or, yeah. well, no, she was, Philip was 12, so 10 to 
14, maybe. Oh, gosh. So super young. And Carmen's niece isn't the only one who claimed of having a ghostly assault. Uh, Carmen and Al both reported have been disturbed on many nights by something unknown in their bed. They described hearing a 1930s ambient mood music playing in the background, which occasionally preceded for an assault on one or both of them. They've both made claims that they've been raped multiple times by a dark entity. Shockingly, on television, Carmen even stated that once while running away from their home down the road, her and her niece were running from something and her niece was hideously abused the entire way. She said, and I quote, one night we were running down the street and Kelly was being sodomized the entire way. (gasps) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's so scary. I can't even imagine that. God, as like primarily women, like we freak out about that happening with humans. Yeah, happening and you can't even see or... In a, a, yeah, a completely like defenseless way because it's something otherworldly. It's supernatural. Like, uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah, that's really terrifying to think of. One time during an interview when they were asked why they have never left the house after these kind of terrible incidents, Carmen explained she believed it would make no difference and that everywhere they went, it would follow them. It was at this point that Ed and Lorraine Warren came. The Warrens, along with other investigators, spent a total of nine weeks at the Snedeker's home, which I don't know about the other ones, but nine weeks feels like so long. Yeah. Like, I don't know how long they typically stay at someone's house. I mean, it's over two months. I mean, that's significant. Yeah. When describing what they encountered at the location, the Warrens rated the possessing entity as a nine on a scale of one to ten. They concluded that the house was infested with demons. Wow. After much alleged documentation and investigation, the Warrens claimed that they had arranged for the house to be exercised. After the house was supposedly cleansed, the Snedekers moved out of the house to another one temporarily, and during that time, that's when they became involved with writing of a book, Mm -hmm. as well as being featured in documentaries, TV shows, and being the inspiration for a great horror classic. Mm-hmm. So, the above is really their official narrative. However, when the case is examined in detail, it becomes very clear that the Snedeker story is a little bit murky and extremely confusing. Mm-hmm. Even the names of those involved, such as the couple's nieces, cannot be taken as fact. Actually, not a single detail except for Phil Philip's illness remains consistent the entire time. So, there's no arguing that the Snedekers wanted to move to Southington to be closer to the hospital, but everyone who's ever talked to them, no one can really say that that is true or not. And so we're going to dive a little deeper into that. Um, So there was a lot of talk of whether or not they knew the house they decided to rent had been previously a funeral home. So is there any talk about the owner of the home? Literally, my next line, Daryl Kern, the owner of the house. Okay, here we go. (laughs) That is so funny. Uh, Daryl Kern, the owner of the house, has said that Carmen and Al were fully aware of the house's history before they moved in or signed the lease. Oh my gosh. Some even claimed there was a sign engraved, Hallahan Funeral Home, beside the (laughs) entrance when they viewed the house. (laughs) Okay, that's going to be very upsetting if they act like they didn't know and it was very clearly there. Yes. And, um, And clearly that there were remnants left behind, so nobody was trying to hide it, it seems like. At the very least, nobody was hiding it. Yeah, and you'll find out no one believes them, like the people around them. It's just nuts. Um, The Snedegers have often disputed this by saying that the sign had been covered by plywood and therefore concealed by view. Um, But Daryl Kern said it's a fraud, it's a joke, it's a hoax, it's Halloween. It's Halloween, okay. (laughs) Yes. 
As in saying, it's just a scary story they wanted to tell you. Uh, Kern, Kern stated that the paranormal activity seemed to have conveniently escalated around the time the Snedekers started to get behind on their rent. Oh, gosh. And I they moved that. out before eviction proceedings were complete. Uh, the same doubt was shared by the family's neighbor. This neighbor, Sandy, had not seen or heard anything supernatural. She had been in the house many times. Sandy had also been an employee of the real estate agency that the family uh, used to find their new home. As far as she was concerned, Carmen and Al were totally made aware it was a funeral home. And she also said that, again, the family was falling behind on rent. Therefore, this is only all made up for money. Another key person to undermine the Snedeker's claims was Gray Garten, the author who was commissioned to buy the Warrens to document the Snedeker's experience for a book titled A Dark Place. States that trying to extract consistent narrative from the family was nearly impossible. Hmm. It does make you, well, it makes me sad, honestly, because they legitimately had an ill child, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it makes you wonder, it was this out of desperation because medical expenses are super expensive. Yeah. Um, and I don't think they've ever been cheap. And it just, did they, I don't know. I, it's me trying to like justify it. And, and I'm not justifying it. I'm just, I'm trying to, to rationalize this whole thing in my mind. That maybe out of desperation that this was the only way that they could recoup some money and, and because they were behind because of the medical stuff that was going on. I don't know. But then you start involving kids and then you're, it, that's going to be really hard for me to see that, that that's, that's okay. Especially, Especially when you start talking about the rape stuff. That's what I was about to say. If, if you're going to go that far, shame on you. Just yeah, exactly. Because I think it's really confusing to kids if that's not really happening, but you're telling this story over and over, they're going to think it happened. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> what I was saying was when people hear a story over and over, you it becomes truth. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's what's so confusing. And if a kid hears that, they're going to think it's truth. And they might even put those images in their mind that it happened. And then when you become an adult, you already forget a lot from when you're a kid. So you're going to think this trauma happened to you and it didn't. You might live like that happened and like be afraid of men or like just go out your whole entire life just with that anxiety that comes with those assaults. And it's just nuts to me. Yeah, I just, I hate that somebody put that in, in their mind if it's, if it's not true. Agreed. So, in the years since the explosion and interest of the case, Garten had been very vocal on expressing his general frustration he experienced when working with the Snedekers. The family involved, which was going through some serious problems like alcoholism and drug addiction, could not keep their story straight. He is quoted as saying this in 2009. I became very frustrated as it is hard writing a nonfiction book when all the people involved are telling you different stories. As Garten gathered all the necessary information for the book, he found that the accounts of the individual individual Snedekers didn't mesh at all. It was as though they were incapable of keeping their stories straight. When he asked why they didn't leave the house earlier, Carmen's answer changed depending on who was asking the question. On one occasion, she explained the happenings would follow them, making moving a pointless task, and on others, uh, she would claim that she was unaware of what was happening in the house, stating it was the kids being tormented, not her. Hmm. That Carmen never or ever experienced terrible abuse has been questioned by so many people, including her other neighbors. Like, so many neighbors are chiming in on this. Yeah. Uh, Her name is Joan Mirabel. Well, anytime there's an incident at a property, all the neighbors show up with an opinion. Uh, Yes, absolutely. 
Uh, that just reminds me of a. Uh, oh my gosh, it's our favorite tra- practical magic when all oh. the all the neighbors come out. <laughs> yes, but it is exactly like like in practical magic. You hear the opinions of everybody's thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were growing up, she did that. Nobody talks to her. She bewitched him. Like they all have these like quote unquote facts that they're, and yeah. it's just all like it's all hearsay. And they all become friends at the end. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's a great movie. So she described she would see the family outside their house a lot, um, sometimes in the middle of the night. And that's when they would say that they couldn't go back in, yet this neighbor saw that they were far from being terrified. Um, No one would expect that they would experience anything as awful as they claimed because they seemed perfectly happy to her. But But she was watching them outside in the middle of the night. Like, what the heck were they doing? It sounds like they're just, like, playing and having fun. I don't know. If if they are drug addicts and alcoholics, then who knows what the heck they're doing. I don't... That they're was just, only mentioned once. Oh. Um, they're just outside running amok. Yeah. Why not? Maybe mi- middle of summer. Maybe Joan's really old, and she's like, it's the middle of the night, and it's, like, 730. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That could be. What is middle of the night? <laughs> yes. Let's define that. Uh, but she said that the family, they never seemed afraid. They were always out there laughing and joking with each other. So that's a little odd. Hmm. So the weird part of this to me is uh, Carmen's son, Philip, in the haunting, it's uh, his own haunting is said to undermine a lot of the family's claims. Um, in Garton's book, he says that Philip, who is named Stephen in the book, was caught fondling his cousins and mm. was questioned by police afterwards. This led to Philip being admitted, and that was not the first time he acted inappropriately. Oh my gosh. So that's quite possible, all those things that he was claiming or the family was claiming. That 45 days he spent at the hospital, he, he might have attacked his cousins in a gross way. Okay. Well, that was a weird twist. Yes. That I didn't, I didn't know about. Yeah. So he admitted that it wasn't his first time that he acted inappropriately with his female relatives. According to the book, Philip admitted to having performed such heinous acts habitually in secret at night without being caught. And he once even attempted to try to sleep with his cousin. So did he do this to any of his siblings? I, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm going to go down here. I'll just skip right to it. Sorry, um, I'm asking you questions that... No, it's okay. Um, that So Philip was taken to a ju- juvenile detention, and that's where he was diagnosed as schizophrenic. Philip admitted to having committed a lot of obscenities similar uh, that attributes a lot to the demonic entities said to reside in the family's home. So they're thinking Philip uh, was probably attacking the family, his siblings as well. Okay. Doing a lot of this. So yeah, uh, since nobody really saw or described anything like Philip did with Beetlejuice Dude, you know, people were attacked by a a spirit they can't see. Uh, So they really think the family was being abused by Philip and that they were, their claims were kind of invented as like some kind of psychological coping mechanism. Yeah. But like also trying to cover for things. Yeah. Like the cousins being like, it wasn't him. It was a demon or an entity or something. I'm going to just say entity. I don't even like saying demon. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. I know. Once I started getting into this story, I'm like, oh my gosh, this poor kid is diagnosed with a really tough disease, going through treatment. Now he's seeing things. Now he's diagnosed with schizophrenia and banished from his home. Oh, maybe he was doing all of those things to the whole family. Maybe he needs to be somewhere else. Well, he should if he's a danger to other people people 
Yeah. Super strange. So, and this part I found interesting too. I think I told you before we recorded that a lot of what I read made Ed Warren seem pretty bad. So the couple had claimed to have had arranged for an exorcism to be performed in the house, like I stated earlier, but nobody's ever provided evidence for this. Uh, when questioned on television, uh, Ed, Ed Warren referred to the priest who conducted the exorcism as Father A, who had supposedly appeared on television before. When pressed to give more details, Ed responded uh, with aggression saying, Father A, that is the name I give you. I don't have to give you anything. So he just wasn't calling these people by their name. It sounds it's like It's interesting because up- there was another case where he claimed, did we, maybe we talked about this, another case where he claimed a priest did an exorcism and that priest was like, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, that was my story. Okay. Um, the Conjuring House. That Conjuring so, House is my story. What? What <laughs> did I do? <laughs> I thought I did the conjuring. No, I did the conjuring house. I don't know what you did. I no, I know you did do something and now it's totally escaping my brain. But yeah, he he oh that's what I hate. It was my story though where I I I found out that um That's why I felt like you were the one that said it to me, but yeah, it wasn't the conjuring house. Oh my gosh. I know, we're really bad podcasters. We can't remember our own episode. It was like the one I did before the the last one I did in Australia. Oh my God. <laughs> it was two Lanies so ago. Two Lanies like six ago. episodes ago. Okay. Well, it'll come up here in a hot second, but I, and, may, and maybe it's not right to name a priest. I have no idea. Cause like, I know they don't want that kind of publicity and, and some of that stuff is a part of their job. And so I get that, but you did name somebody and that somebody said, no, I didn't go there. Like, so that's suspicious. And now it's convenient for you to just like, just make up a name. So now somebody can't be like, yeah, no, that wasn't me. I didn't do that. Yeah. That's, um, that's very, ugh, that's very frustrating. I know. And Ed went on to state evidence of priests could be proven by official records from the chancellery. Yeah. The Roman Catholic I don't know how to say this. The Amityville this. house. Hello. 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 Um, I don't know how to say this word. Roman Catholic Ar- Archdiocese. The Archdiocese. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> of Hartford, uh, which covers this area. They reported no official sanctum, sanctioned exorcism had ever taken place there. So uh, then. Oh, uh, my God. I, I hate that. But. Sometimes the Catholic Church also isn't completely truthful, so I know. I, it, it's not to defend anybody. It's just like the whole thing is is sketch. No, I know that's exactly how I felt researching this because the beginning, I'm like, oh my god, this is so sad, so scary. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and then what the fuck? None of it. What? Yeah, <laughs> what to really make happened? Up, to make up potentially make up such heinous things is inexcusable. Yes inexcusable i that that's gross yeah so this gets even more fun so ed warren's lack of interest and credibility and connection with the case is something again the author ray garton has confirmed when he interviewed with horrorbound magazine garton described that he was once approached or he once approached warren with concerns about the inconsistencies with the testimonies and claimed that Warren responded by saying, oh, yeah, they're crazy. All the people who come to us are crazy. You think sane people would come to us at all? After condemning the Snedekers, Warren supposedly told Garton, just use what works from their testimonies and then make up the rest. So it's quoted, just make it up and make it scary, Ed said to Ray. Oh, come on. Gosh, that's so frustrating. And it's frustrating when you do that because anything that, is real, real hauntings, real possession, whatever. It 
it makes everybody seem like they're not credible. It makes everybody... For sure. And this author has, like, started from day one. Like, it's none of it made sense to me. Like, he was probably already in some kind of contract. Because he was there to write a, a nonfiction story. Mm-hmm. And then told him make it up. Like, he's probably, like, out of his comfort zone. Like, yeah. I was trying to put facts together and make up a, a story about your family, not so this. So it feels like not, it wasn't that it was maybe partly for money, but also partly cover your ass because your kid has some serious mental, like, like mental things going on that need, seriously need to be addressed, but he's a danger to other people. So that's also very convenient to just, like, make up this diabolical story and now... Now, at the very least, no one knows what the truth is. Yeah. That maybe this this kid had some issues. Maybe it was a haunting. Maybe you just don't know now. And that's what sucks, that the truth has been buried, whatever the truth actually is. Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, Nancy Bauscher, Al Snedeker's sister, she corroborated having experienced paranormal activity in the house. So they do have some people siding with them. His sister. I wonder how far I would go for you if you were like, all wow. this happened. And I'm like, yep, yep. <laughs> Bunch of ghosts, bunch of demons. I won't step foot in there. <laughs> there's just a whole lot of shit from hell there, right there's in there. There's a mess of entities in there. There's a whole mess of them. Um, <sighs> yeah, so, and then another willing to uh, stake their own reputation was the Snedekers, of the Snedekers being true, was uh, John Zaffis, a paranormal, paranormal researcher, and guess what? Nephew of Ed and Lorraine Ward. <laughs> Oh my god. He stayed there for the nine weeks with them as they were at the property. Yeah, I'll stake my reputation on it. Well, your reputation's already a little questionable. Yeah, so the author, the... the Catholic Church, the multiple neighbors, the owner of the house have all said this, this is all boo hockey. Boo hockey? The sister- Were those the words verbatim? <laughs> no. The outcry from Connecticut was, <laughs> this is boo hockey. Boo hockey. <laughs> I do declare boo hockey. Boo hockey. Boo hockery. Anyways. Uh, so while an official ex- exorcism has not been confirmed to have to have taken place or not at the property, there have been supposed priests involved. One stated that they felt a strange pressure upon entering the house. But was it a- social pressure? Probably pressure from the Warrens, <laughs> yes. or was it physical pressure? I don't know. But whatever the truth is, no one has reported a single supernatural event in the house ever since. That wraps up our story. Okay, well, another story where Ed and Lorraine are Boo-hockey. put into question. They seriously, and I, I have a really hard time saying it out loud because. I am a huge fan of probably anything James Wan does, but you know, the Conjuring movies and I love the Ed and Lorraine characters for uh, a fictional story. Well, they're fictional stories, but they're based on their, their true cases. So obviously things get embellished and stuff like that. But I also, I love those actors, but even those actors like got to know, I, I guess I forget when Ed, Ed Warren died, but I know that they befriended uh, Lorraine Mm -hmm. Warren as they were, like, making all these different movies. No, and I'm sure it was awesome. I think from what I'm gathering is this case is newer in comparison to Amityville or The Conjuring. This is in 86. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those Um, were both in the 70s. Yeah, I'm thinking Ed, you know, got maybe he got a big head. And, of course, 
anything you read on the internet, it's going to be biased one way or the other. So I tried to get a little bit of both sides, but I, I, I could see them maybe getting a big head towards their later in their career and maybe being a little bit of a prick. Make it up, make it scary. Like, yeah, I, well, I don't like that. And, and we've talked about before too. I mean, Ed and Lorraine went into these cases and they never asked for money, but they always asked for the rights to their stories. And that purpose was all building towards making movies, writing books, like whatever it was. It it was all to make money off of it eventually. And Um, they're both artists, so I do feel like this is all creativity. Just, I don't like, I don't like anyone claiming that they were assaulted by anyone. But if you're going to go as far to say a ghost or demon did, I don't know. I don't like that. that. Like, I don't, it's just. Well, Either it happened, but it happened because of Phil- Philip. Yeah. Okay. It happened because of Philip, and that is serious, and that needs to be addressed. So do not ignore it or justify his actions by saying it wasn't him. Yeah. Or it didn't happen to any of those people at all, and they're not actually victims, which is very wrong because there are real victims of those yeah, heinous sure. crimes, and you're just acting like, yeah, I'm a victim too, and this happened to me. Yeah, I um, really hate that when people. I hate either that. thought. Uh, either yeah. thought is both horrible. very disturbing in different ways. Um, so, and this whole story is. I mean, it sounded like I, I don't know. I don't want to say I believe that there were alcoholics and drug addicts. Um, that was mentioned, but not everywhere. It, uh, well, that's it not even like all of Ed and Lorraine's cases. It's not like they looked for people that had those issues and then were like, "Okay, now I can make stuff up." But these people may have been battling some of those things. And I, I do bet that they saw and heard and smelled stuff because they live in a funeral home. Like, there's got to be some truth to each little bit that we discussed here today, but I, I don't think we'll ever know the I sincerely hope thing. It's like you hope it wasn't completely fabricated, but then you hope some things are fabricated because you just don't want certain things to be true. Yeah, you don't want to believe that it really can happen. But don't don't start putting new fears in people's minds about the supernatural now adding, like, rape into the mix and stuff. Like, okay, there's new fear that that people are going to have because now you just said that that happened to somebody and somebody's going to believe that. And I've heard stories like that that I totally believe are true. So like, I'm not saying I don't believe that. Right. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Me too. I I think there's a lot of things that can happen that I can't even fathom and that I wouldn't understand. Yeah. And and I hope not to. It's just interesting. But yeah, I would love to know what you guys think. First, did you see the movie? (laughs) Did you think... (laughs) Did you think it was Tell Lady about the movie. Yeah, tell me how it ends, man. Um, no, just, is it at I, all? Is the story the same as the movie? Because it didn't look full. The, it looked like there was one kid in the movie. Like I, yeah, I don't remember any of the stuff in the movie. But you know what I also want to know? I want to hear people's real thoughts on Ed and Lorraine Warren. I'd love Because, that. like I said, love them as characters in James Wan movies. Not sure about how I feel about them in real life because any story or case that we have dove into or that I've just like personally read about, they feel a lot like rabble rousers. Like rabble rousers, you Popsters. Say? Yeah. Causing trouble. And that like that I don't with like. Attention and maybe something I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to. I'll never admit that I think part of me thinks they're bad, but. Well, and maybe, yeah. I, I, I'd like to think. Bad there's... might be a strong word. Who knows what their intentions were? Their, their intentions may not have been bad. Yeah, true. Um, but anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to go follow us on Instagram at haunted.real.estate. 
uh, send us an episode suggestion. Um, you can send that at uh, just private message, just private message that to us on the gram or email us at hauntedrepod at gmail.com. You guys stay tuned because we have a pretty funny bloopers clip to follow this of how we started this recording session. I thought we were going to start with it. Maybe we started with it. Maybe we'll end with it. We don't know. We'll cut either one out. But uh, ciao for now. Hasta la vista, baby.